Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 46. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine, SADMAG. So I recently went to see my counselor, as you do, and have finally come to the conclusion that I suffer from neurotic perfectionism. And that doesn't mean that I do everything perfectly. That What perfectionists do is they tend to focus on what they lack while having very harsh expectations of themselves. They never rest until they finish what they're doing and they're rarely satisfied with what they do. They're always looking for mistakes in their work and they don't celebrate much. And even when they've done a good job, they take that as a given. So I've never had a name for all my hang-ups surrounding confidence and creativity. So it's been actually sort of like a weight's been lifted. And, and it's been great to be able to research something a little more concrete. I mean, I'm afraid to let go of my perfectionism, though, because part of me thinks that that's what's enabled me to do well in my career. And I'm afraid that I'll just lose my drive if I try to shut that off. But apparently, according to Hilary Raytig, who writes extensively on the subject, um, says uh, it's when people finally internalize and act on the truth that perfectionism serves no purpose at all and commit themselves to expunging every trace of it in their behavior and thinking um, that they start to make rapid progress in their work. So, I mean, I'm skeptical to say the least, <laughs> but uh I don't know, a helpful thing to do, and I noted it last ep uh, when we were talking about the happy film, is you have to take note of your accomplishments, even the small ones, and journaling is supposed to help with that. So I'm hoping talking about it here will help me. Um, I was just at the Design Thinkers Conference, and Timothy Goodman was talking about how being emotionally raw in his work has helped him not only personally, but also to make work that resonates with people. But it's just like a perfectionist to try to find an opportunity to further their work <laughs> when they're supposed to be working on themselves emotionally. Like maybe don't think of my, that's the thing. And I've even done this before, like writing my journal out as if someone's going to be reading it later. Like that's probably not what I should be doing. Anyway, I'm sure I'll talk about this again later, but for now, a little levity, I'm going to play, um, a couple sets from our last sad comedy show in January. We have sad comedy volume five coming up June 23rd. So mark your calendar because we have a stellar lineup. Sean Devlin is headlining. Uh, keep a lookout for the event page for that. But for now, here's Maddie Vu and Ivan Decker. And as always, your host, Jackie Hoffert at sad comedy volume four. He's been all over town doing all the things in all the places. He's hilarious. And his name is Maddie Vu. Almost at the right height. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I almost broke it. Nope, that's coming off. I'm just going to fix that while I'm here. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. <laughs> Chinese New Year. That's what I'm into. Yeah. Obviously. That's my jam. I'm not Chinese. I'm Vietnamese. Uh, <laughs> I have what you call Lunar New Year. It's the same thing, but I don't have the same marketing power that Chinese people did to just take it all over. Uh, this is the year of the rooster, if you guys don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, I am born in the year of the ox, though, and I also don't know what that means. Uh, but in the Western uh, horoscope, I'm a Leo, which means when I was 18, I did this. 
feel like you're laughing at me more than with me right now. Uh, like, I want to cover it up and do something cool with it, but like, the only thing to do would be like a full sleeve tattoo. I'm too soft to pull this guy off. I can't go further than that. Um, having fun this winter? You guys having a good winter? It's the best time of year. It's night. You like, it's cute and shit. There's fancy lights out. You wear, get to wear a cute scarf all the time. And there's a nice layer everywhere of just uh, crushing depression. <laughs> Glad y'all getting that. But wearing a cute scarf just makes it easy to cry in public all the time. You ever just sit at your desk at work and just watch videos of soldiers coming home to their dogs and <laughs> just weep uncontrollably instead of work? It's probably why I got fired. <laughs> no, I got fired because I was way too sassy in the office. I worked with a lot of ex-military and ex-police people in like a security job, and uh, I was too mean to them, obviously. I'm tough. <laughs> And they got rid of me because I was too mean to them. I didn't get it. I'm trying to find like a new job to do. Like this seems like a cool place. I probably shouldn't have said I was sassy and they're not gonna hire me now that I've said that. Uh, but like, I could do something like, like dispensaries are everywhere. That's a thing you can get into. That can't be hard. I don't do pot, I'm not a pot boy, I don't get it. But it won't be hard to learn. Those guys seem dumb. <laughs> Like, my mom would be disappointed if I started smoking a lot of pot, but she'd be more disappointed if I'd never used my staff discount. <laughs> Casual racism. I might hit it a few more times, guys. Get ready. Um, I'm trying to, like, get in shape now because this isn't working for me. You know. Like, I have, like, a nerd body, you know? But I don't like nerd stuff. Like, magic is stupid. <laughs> Don't get mad, because the solution to magic problems is more magic. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Just stop doing it, and everything's solved. And space stuff is just scary, and I don't want to get into that. Uh, but I like superhero movies, but not with like superhero powers. My favorite superhero series stars two little guys named Paul Walker and Vinny Diesel. The Fast and the Furious is how I want to live my life, guys, just a quarter mile at a time. Like, I like it so much, I bought the car that Paul Walker drives in Too Fast, Too Furious. The worst of the series. It's like if you, bought, if you spent thousands of dollars on a Jar Jar Binks outfit, that's the same kind of deal you do. And like, the last movie made me cry. It made a lot of people cry. It was very sad at the end. And I think Vinny now knows, and he wants an Oscar. He wants it bad. So this new one, the eighth one, he's got Charlize Theron, Academy Award winner, and Helen Mirren. Great actress as well. I'm pretty sure she's one, I think. Uh, I'm just waiting for like Meryl Streep to get on board and just secure that deal and turn this into a musical. That's what I want. Just scored by car noises. I realize the only like crossover of like Fast and the Furious fans and musical fans may only be me, but I want this real bad. And like if the eighth movie of something got an Oscar, that would be the best. This record-breaking Star Wars isn't going to do that. You saw that last one. It was hot garbage. <laughs> you know it. Don't I? You, this is so bad. You don't like anyone. The bad guy of that movie. You can't have a bad guy. Like, Fast and the Furious bad guy, Jason Statham from Cranked. That's a bad guy. Bad guy from Rogue One, 
played opposite uh, Rachel McAdams in a boat tie. That's, that's not a good bad guy. Um, but I like NASCAR a lot. That's my jam. Y'all like NASCAR? I don't believe any of you. It's not, it's not meant for us. I always wanted to go to a NASCAR race, but I know that like, one time during the race, some guy is going to just call me a Chinaman. Very uncomfortable. As, like I said, not Chinese. But it's the best race this term, you know? Because, like, how hateful it is is very impressive compared to how little effort you put into the thing. Like, if they had a Captain America kind of guy, they would call him Chinaman. Okay. <laughs> you guys hated that. I'm pretty sure I can get a little embrace. <laughs> okay. Um, and like calling me a Chinaman is a big deal. Like, you can't assume genders anymore. You guys know the deal. <laughs> Fuck that. I barely know what my deal is. Like, I, like, the car stuff is the only, like, tough guy stuff I, I like. Like, my ideal situation is doing a lot of crafts. I'm going to Michael's. You guys like going to Michael's? Yeah. You like going to Michael's, dude? Yeah. You ever needed a poop in public, guys? That's where you go. Um, yeah, the, I, I am straight or whatever. <laughs> I can pull off like I uh, fuck women, <laughs> right? Mostly because I dress like a cool lesbian. <laughs> um, I know this is true because I did lesbian as a straight man to utter failure, but I made myself a lesbian. Wild success. <laughs> it was just weird when you're on a date with someone. You're like, hey, uh, I never brought this up from the get-go. <laughs> but uh, I have a wiener. Apparently, some lesbians aren't into that. But just like people in general aren't into another grown adult who still says a wiener. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Show. How about a round of applause for everybody that you saw tonight? So many cubes. Makes me feel so comfortable. We did studies. People like working around cubes. Get them some soft cubes. Did everybody already talk about the cubes? I came late. I'm sorry. If I'm doing repeat cube observations. I was, this, I was at another thing, that's why I dressed like this, and I ran here dressed like this, which was weird. It looked like I was about to tell somebody, like, we saved the company! Like, it was very... Everybody was looking at me, running, I'm like, hi, it's fine! If I had papers, it would have been even better. <laughs> well, we got the reports! They're not foreclosing! We did it! I should probably do that anyway. I have a lot of free time on my hands done it. What a day. What a weird day. Guys, it's very weird. It's the little things. Like when you go to the Twitter account and it says President Trump and you're like, nope, still, I hate it. The election day was very hard for me because it was my birthday, so that's wrecked now. That's ruined forever. That's what I got for my birthday. But I went to uh, what was even more strange was that I spent my birthday at a restaurant called Dark Table which is a place where you eat in the dark and there's no phones, no anything. So I didn't even know what was happening. I went in, like the election had just started and then I was like, it'll probably be fine. And then I came out of the darkness three hours later. I was like, ah, did we go into a parallel universe in there? God damn it. 
But it's, I don't know if you guys have been to uh, Dark Table, but uh, if you're curious or you'd like to know what it's like, uh, just go to any restaurant and close your eyes. Because that, you can do it. You can do that. You don't need to go through their rigmarole. I don't know why they're like, do you not trust yourself? We'll, we can do it. We'll make sure. We'll make sure it's dark because you are a liar and you'll open your eyes, I bet. So come here and give us money and we'll do it. And they are like, are you ready? Like, that's what happens at first. They order your food outside in the light and then they're like, are you ready to go in? And you're like, yeah, but you're not because no one is. You're not ready to spend two hours in complete darkness with no communication. And you think like, you're like, it's probably not that dark. Yes, it is. It's very dark. The whole time you get in there, you're like, my eyes will adjust. And then they don't. And then you're sitting there doing this. At first, you're like, maybe? Ah, nothing. You try to listen for sound. You just like, maybe I can tell what's going on using hearing. Because you can't. And all you hear from every direction is just, whoops, careful. careful. Oh, excuse me. Clink, did that spill? I don't know. Was it full? I don't remember if it was full. It sounded like it had liquid in it. Yeah, I don't know. How do we check? Touch it. See if it's wet. It's wet. We spilled it. What should we do? I don't know. What was it? Was it wine? I don't know. Taste it. Lick your finger. It's weird. And they bring you, basically the first thing they do is they bring you in and they put you... They put your hand, they take your hand, and they're like, here you go, and you're like an idiot, and you're just like, I don't, why did I do this? Like, that's the first 10 minutes, it's just you being like, this is fucking dumb, why am I in here? I don't, oh, what, why, my birthday even? And then they put your hand on a chair, and they're like, here's your chair. And then you're like, ah, this is, that's been happening a lot, I'm sure, the sirens. I live in this neighborhood, it's nice to be, it's the origin of sirens. It's not often you get to hear sirens turn on. That's the nice part about this part of town. They, there was nothing, and then loud. Normally you hear them. Like if you're in a nice neighborhood, you hear them and they're like, and then you're like, ah, they're probably going to Gastown. Or they came from there. They just do a circle. They drive through your neighborhood. So they put your hand on a chair, and they're like, here's your chair. And then they leave. And now you have a chair, and that's it. You're in the dark and everything else. You're like, well, that was not enough of a briefing for what I'm about to do. I don't know anything else. I have no idea what else is going on. What's the bathroom protocol? You didn't go over that at all. You just left me alone in the dark with a chair. And now I have to go to the bathroom. And I don't know what to do. This is the first time in my life I've ever needed another person to take me to the bathroom. So I just yelled into the darkness. I'm like, hello? I don't remember where we came from. Are you over here? Someone, I need an adult. I am one, but I need another one that has blueprints of this place. Come and help me. I'm a prisoner of my own mind. I'm getting scared. They bring you the food and the food, I don't know, it's all right. It's food. I also did not know how much you need your eyes to tell what food is. Or at least I do. After the meal, I was like, that was pretty good lasagna. They were like, it was a piece of fish. I was like, okay. <laughs> Felt slimy. Because that's the nice thing about eating in the dark, is there's no, you don't need table manners. That's out. That's the one advantage. You go on a date, you're like, I can do what I want. 
Like my girlfriend was like, I'm having trouble keeping the salad on my fork. I was like, you're still using your fork? What's wrong with you? My salad's gone. I ate the whole thing in one handful. Like I was eating wet popcorn. That's what I was like, Gah! The bowls on my head is a hat. Who cares? It's dark. It's what we paid for. I just don't know why we're trying to overcomplicate the restaurant experience. Like who's out there being like, it's too easy. Add a challenge mode. I am bored of the humdrum of restaurants. Why not try and kill it with the lights on? I want a restaurant that does that. How about a restaurant where they bring you what you ordered 100% of the time? That'd be amazing. A restaurant called We Get It Right. That's just their whole thing. Because it's insane. It seems crazy to me that you can go and order food and then like, is this? You're like, that's not what I said. Because like, it's not like I'm coming in here with like a crazy idea. I picked from your book of things. Like you had a book of things. You're like, here are the things. Which thing? And I'm like, thing eight. And then 10 minutes later, like, we brought thing four and five mixed and it's on fire. So is that okay? I don't know. I just also don't like it at restaurants how they're over. They have way too much description on the menu to like, it's a long thing. It really bothers me. Just say potatoes. Just say it comes with potatoes. I don't care about the story. I was like, these potatoes are from Idaho. They're grown by a man and his wife, and they're in love. His name is Glenn. Her name is Susan. No kids. They live alone. But they have potatoes, and that's what matters. They have a dog. Not a small dog like you'd find in the city. It's a big dog. Real coarse hair. Not even fun to pet, but Glenn does it anyway. Go out in the field, and they look at their potatoes, and they're like, there they are. They're under there, probably. And they take them up one day and they bring them to our restaurant and we boil it and put it in butter and then you don't eat it and we throw it away. <laughs> I always order too much food at restaurants and then I have to ask for a to-go container and I feel bad because they, now they're just bringing the container, which I find odd. They used to do it for you. It's like somewhere along the line they just got fed up and they're like, I'm just dropping off the container. I'm just gonna do that. I'm like That seems weird. But again, it's happening everywhere, so I guess we're fine with it. I don't like it because I know that they're giving me too small of a container on purpose to make fun of me. Because I've seen them peeking out of the kitchen afterwards. They're like, hey, come here. I gave that guy a hamburger container for all that spaghetti. <laughs> Look at him. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I also put it on the table upside down, so he's gonna fill up the lid. Doesn't close that way. Oh, he's picking up the plate. Wanna know why? I took his cutlery. It's nice, but I know, I know servers put up a lot, put up a lot of bullshit. And I, I feel for you, I know. Cause I still, I will go out to lunch with male friends and the servers will be nice. And then they'll be like, I'm gonna ask her out. I'm like, why? Don't ruin this. We're having a nice day. Why do you have to wreck it with your weird... Because it always has to happen post-meal. It's always very awkward, right? It's like going up to a server after they were nice to you and then asking them to go out is like watching somebody do that is like watching somebody talk to an actor 
about what their character did in a play. Like it was real. <laughs> like they just go up and like, hey, did you feel bad for murdering all those people? <laughs> They're like, oh, no, I'm, I, just, I just do that. Well, I have some people that I need murdered. <laughs> can I give you my number and then we can murder people together? Like, oh, no, I don't like this. It's weird. I also don't like the awkwardness of the when you're paying. They always have to have that little, because they're standing there. It's the only time of the meal when they're obligated to stand because they're waiting for the machine to go through, which is what we call it. That I enjoy. It's just called the machine. That's weird that that's its title because it does something. It's a debit machine, but that word's out. We're just like, do you need the machine? Yes, bring me the machine. You have the machine, and they have to stand there. Because now they have to wait for the internet. And I'm sure they're all very mad. They're like, can this be faster? So they have to ask one question. And what is that question always? What are you guys doing for the rest of the night? So what's the plan after this? Who cares? You don't care, and neither do I. Why are we doing this? Just compliment my pants. Do something like that. I'll compliment you. It's fine. We can just trade compliments every time. And my girlfriend's very honest. She's a very honest person. So she always tells the truth. It's always very boring. Sometimes. Or it's like, you know, because people, when people are overly honest, it's never, it's like, well, it's overly complicated. It's like, well, we were going to see a movie, but we couldn't get tickets. So we're going to go to a play. What's the play? It's about a guy, a guy who murders people. So I make it up. I always make it up. Every time, they're like, what are you doing for the rest of the night? And I'll just double down. Like, I'm going owl hunting. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing now, but you have to do it at night. Because that's when owls are out. <laughs> and they're like, what? And they're like, thank you! <laughs> and I leave. I enjoy being a comedian. It's an exciting time, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can tell that I am the type of person that pays for things on a date. It was probably ascertained by my haircut. I will do it, and it's weird. Even a first date, I'll do it. And I find it so strange that there are guys that get upset about this. There's still dudes out there. They're like, what, should I have to buy her a salad? She's got a job. Google rights. <laughs> And I almost used to understand, and then, even apart from the wage gap, I found out how much makeup costs. It's very expensive. It's like $100 for this big of a thing, and it's for this part of your eye. Not even the whole eye, half the lid is $100. And every girl's wearing it. You can't not buy that. So if you walk out of the house other on, people want to come up to you on the street and be like, what's wrong with that part of your eye? You're like, shut up, I had to pay for my own salad. Don't look at me today. <laughs> I understand. I also find it fun that like makeup is still trying to be kept a secret. It's still a secret. And it's usually the answer to all the stupid questions dudes have about girls. It's always like, why she taking so long in the bathroom? Girls take so long in there. Yeah. She has to build a face in there. 
Do you know how hard that is? I can't even draw a face <laughs> on a piece of paper. Like if you came out to me and you're like, here, draw a human face. I would come back in an hour and a half and be like, eh, this is, the eyes are too high. It looks like a potato. I don't, sorry that took so long. And they're like, yeah, well, that's gonna be your face for the rest of the night. So poke the eye holes out and put it over your stupid regular face. We're meeting my parents in 10 minutes. Trying to be a healthy person. I don't, I'm not good at a lot of things. I never learned how to cook. So I, sh like I should have, my mom tried to teach me, but I was just very arrogant about it. I was like, I'll figure it out when I'm out in the world. But you can't do that, I found out, because if you don't know how to cook, you also don't know how to shop. Because foods are not together in the grocery store. The grocery store is a place where someone has disassembled foods and hid the pieces all over a building. I gotta walk around a warehouse trying to reverse engineer tacos from memory. Everything I cooked like the first five years involved a microwave. That's not, I don't know why those are still around. They're not good at the one thing they're supposed to do. If you invented a microwave now, you would not be able to sell it to anybody. Okay, I invented this thing, you should try it. What does it do? Cooks food really fast. Does it do it properly? No. Like, not even close. Like, whatever comes out of this is either still frozen or exploded. Those are the only two options. Actually, occasionally, it'll be both of those things. Not even sure how that's possible, and I am a scientist. Oh, well, does it have any other interesting features? Yeah, sometimes it'll make the bowl really hot without heating the food in the bowl. We don't know how to aim the science. Just shut the door and hope for the best. Even fruit. You're not safe. I thought I could eat fruit. I was like, it's pretty easy to make. Birds eat it. I should probably be able to handle it. But you can't. You need training for some fruits. Do you remember the first time you were alone with a mango? You thought you were going to eat that mango, didn't you? Everybody that eats mangoes has one or two training mangoes somewhere in their history that they just cut up and then threw away. Because <laughs> here's what happens, you cut all the skin off, now you're holding the slipperiest thing in the world, and a knife, and you're like, I'm in over my head, I can't, I'm not an adult yet, I guess. They should really have somebody at the grocery store standing next to the mangoes to be like, mm, no, I don't think you're ready for this. I'm looking in your basket, you got bananas and mandarin oranges in there. Those are fruits for children, you know that. You're a child. Do you have a knife at home? Show me a photo on your phone of you cutting up a pineapple. Then I'll let you have one of these. So I thought I would buy a juicer, that was my plan. I'll get a juicer. That's what you do, make some juice. Because anybody that has a juicer will tell you how great it makes them feel. It's one of the rules of owning a juicer. It's actually in the instructions. Step one, tell everyone about juice. <laughs> Step two, make some juice if you want, not important. Everybody that 
Now it's somebody that got a juicer. They always like came, they had this revelation where they come like, I feel amazing. They're like, why do you feel so good? Because every day I go to the grocery store and I buy $40 worth of produce. And then I take it home and run it through my juicer and then drink a glass of money. But I fell for it, I bought a juicer. I did not know that there's a learning curve when you get a juicer, because the first thing that you have to figure out is what has juice in it? Not everything does. Like if you put an avocado into a juicer, nothing. There is zero juice in an avocado. You've just found a very loud way to destroy an avocado. Like, if you're mad at an avocado, you're like, ah, why'd you get soft so fast? <laughs> Gone from the earth. No evidence. But I thought that because the juicer came in a box with a picture of a glass of carrot juice on it, that I could make some carrot juice. And then after juicing two carrots, I realized that glass on the front of the box must have contained 40,000 carrots. There's like no juice in a carrot. You should just eat carrots. People have been doing that for a long time. It's been fine. Like, how do I get carrots into my body? They're already food. They're food already. Take it out of the ground. Put it in your face. Carrot success. It's very easy. It's probably why they're so popular. No. Juice people will still argue with you. They're like, it gives you energy if you make juice and drink it. It's fresh. It gives you energy. And you know what? You're right. I'm not going to lie to you people and say that it doesn't. It does give you energy. It gives you energy for about an hour. Do you know what you're going to do with that hour? Clean your juicer. Yeah. That's your new hobby. Everybody that owns a juicer used it once, then cleaned it, and was like, well, never fucking doing that again. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and supporting such a great cause. I really think we can get through this together. Good night. And now a track from Halifax band Not You. They just released their debut EP titled Misty on the Fun Dog label. They remind me a bit of Vancouver band The Courtney's actually, kind of a 90s vibe. Anyway, here's the track Soup by Not You.